Welcome to NostalgiaCast, your weekly roundup of the best and most up-to-date nostalgic news, where we discuss the stories and give our thoughts. I am your host, who missed two shows in a row, Andrew Price. He's living in a van down by the river, Tyler Palo. Never has one of these things written itself more. <laughs> and Dad Beats, a.k.a. Kirk Pinchon. Dad Beats. Namaste. <laughs> God. <laughs> How's it going, guys? How is it going? It's been a minute. It has. It's crazy. It's going, uh, it's, it's seemingly getting worse. For America, but better for Tyler. I'll tell you. That <laughs> Wait a minute. Everything's so coming you're up. Behind Tyler. all this, he did it. I mean, pandemic. Hashtag pandemic. <laughs> wow, yeah. this whole thing is a Tyler came up with. Yeah. Hashtag wow. Halogate. <laughs> no. Oh man, could you imagine wow. if that just like actually took off? Oh, I. <laughs> I don't even want to get into it, but we can, don't do this. We could, I could, I could get you, I could get you targeted by millions of conspiracy theorists in like a no, day. No, that's how easy it is. That's how no, easy no. it is. Things are going well for him. This is what I get for bragging. Yeah, that's what you get immediately. Uh, Gone two weeks, and you brag, and you get in trouble. Yep, we missed a couple. We missed a couple weeks of the show. Some of you listeners out there might have thought, oh, deep cuts or deep. Oh, fuck. <laughs> no. Rewind. Party Whoa. foul. Party foul. Some of, <laughs> some Food fight. Some of you listen to. <laughs> uh, uh, this American Life. Yeah. That's your <laughs> podcast. <laughs> oh, shit. Did I just reveal who I am? You're, you're Ira Glass. <laughs> I'm Ira Glass. Um, yeah, we missed a couple weeks. Some of you listeners out there might have been like, oh, Nostalgia Cast, that show stopped. They don't exist anymore. Uh, but we, we missed a couple weeks. Some extenuating circumstances came up. Uh, nothing serious, nothing bad. Just a couple weeks in a row where uh, scheduling conflicts arose and we just couldn't do the show. And uh, hopefully that doesn't happen again. Hopefully we don't uh, miss any more shows. Uh, but we're back. With a vengeance. With a vengeance. Yeah. We got, we got, we got Tyler just. Tyler I mean, in it? Coming Tyler to us straight up. from the van. Yeah. I'm roaming across America. The mobile hotspot. Yeah, got, exactly. We got, we got dad beats. I saw, I saw a picture. I mean, listeners at home, you can't see this, but whenever we do these episodes, you know, we record, uh, I can see, you know, we can see Dad Beats, you know, sitting at his little workspace, and we have a very good eye. We have a, we've become very familiar with the surroundings. But I gotta say, I saw a picture from the other angle. You took a picture of yourself, yeah, at your desk from the other way around, and it is not what I expected at all. Is that on your Instagram? <laughs> no, I sent him a picture. I did an Inception picture of me. You're just sending pictures to Andrew. Yeah. Rude. Uh-huh. I um, part of that. 
I, what did you imagine my workspace to be? So we can see. So right now we're looking that at table. we're looking at Kirk, and yeah. we basically see like a little dining room area, yeah, like a little a little like mixed room. Like it's got a dining room table, but then there's also like the like half of the room is kind of just like a not a I don't know. It's just it's got a little mini fridge and it's got like some dressers and and like little it's, drawers uh, and things. I can tell you right now, it's a uh, there's our bar, uh, and then there's the mini fridge. And then there's my wife's art supplies. Yeah. So we can see that. And it's got, it's kind of like a little bit of an open space. Like Kirk has yeah. enough room where like sometimes whenever he like particularly dunks on somebody or like knocks out a, a joke, he'll like roll back. Yeah. And he's, he's got like plenty of room to like roll back and kind of reveal his whole body. Um, And I've always imagined like, the other side of it is also a equally open space. Like you're sitting at a desk and then there's just like an open space in front of you. And maybe there's a kitchen there. Like I've always imagined that your kitchen is there and you My can kitchen like, is there. Yeah. But like, so there's a wall in front of you. There's a desk and then a wall. Oh yeah. That's because the desk bathroom is behind the wall. And I did not expect the wall. I thought it was an open oh. space. I thought this was one big open. I room. see. With like a with like a kitchen and with in a, I just just wasn't what I expected. The kitchen is to the the left. Of yeah, me there's right a, there's a doorway into the kitchen, but I was expecting yeah. a full open uh, area. Yeah, so shocking. Yep. Uh, you learn something new every day. That's right. Uh, speaking of which, let's let's go back and talk a little bit about this movie theater industry or lack mm -hmm. thereof. We haven't talked about this in a while. Not only because we haven't done shows in two weeks, but also because we kind of got away from it even when we were doing shows. So recently, within the last, I feel like it was it was either two days ago or maybe it was even yesterday. I forget exactly. Uh, they, Disney announced that they're releasing Mulan on Disney Plus for $30. You pay $30, you own it. But the weird catch is... You can buy it for $30 and own it, but you also have to be a member of Disney Plus to have access to it. So yeah, you got to subscribe first and then pay for it. Yeah, so so you buy it for 30 and you own it forever, but then if you canceled your subscription, you would no longer have access to it. So it's almost like you have a Disney Plus subscription and then you purchase the ability to have Mulan added to the Disney Plus library. You're like unlocking it like a secret character in a fighting game or something, which is a strange thing. I can see people's like weird, like mixed feelings about it because it just it feels weird to have like the two points of purchase. It's just it's it's a complicated it's it's a slightly complicated situation that I can understand why people have like a negative reaction to it. But I mm -hmm. will say Depending on who you are, we've talked about this before in previous episodes. Yeah. But if you are a family, which is the primary target of movies like this, it's a great deal. It's a bargain. Yeah. And then here's why. If you're I a, love if you're a lone idea. if you're a lone person just trying to watch Mulan by yourself, it is much more expensive than going to the movie theater. But if you're a family yes. of four, it is like a third of the price, if not a quarter of the price. Yeah. Right. If, but if we keep to the idea of it being like a video game where you could purchase a higher character and play it, maybe there's like a certain sequence of movies you can watch as a single watcher 
and it unlocks the Mulan. Oh yeah, uh, like, movie like the Konami Code. You like exactly. You watch <laughs> you watch Dumbo, and then you watch uh, three episodes of Chippendale Rescue Rangers, and then you watch. Uh, that weird Jeff Goldblum show in its entirety. Oh yeah, <laughs> the entire thing. Yeah, yeah, and then yeah. and then Mulan just appears. Yeah, the sil- the silhouette is brought into color, and then you've got it. It is it is interesting because you hear thirty bucks, and you go, "Whoa, oh my god!" But then you realize that the troll movie was twenty fucking bucks, and you're like, "Well, shit." If Troll Movie is 20 bucks, then Mulan's worth more than that. Yeah. Not this one. You would spend $20 on Trolls over $30 on Mulan? Listen, First of all, Tyler would spend, no. Tyler would spend <laughs> okay. $50 on it if it didn't have that witch in it. That's true. This is, That's absolutely true. <laughs> I still stand by my statement uh, when we had this uh, talk during the before times. When we were in the office, that's what I'm referring to. That was yeah. Tyler was Tyler had a yeah. weird sticking point where he just hated the fact that there's a witch in the movie. Yeah, and I said, doesn't matter. It's still going to be a hit. I still stand by. This is going to be a hit. Oh yeah, I don't. I do not doubt it. I think that I yeah. think that they're going to make a ridiculous amount of money. There's going to be like a success story coming out of this, similar to the Trolls one because the Trolls World yeah. Tour movie. The the whole thing about that was that. They made they made like three hundred million dollars in a week or like a weekend or I think they made I think they made three hundred million dollars in a weekend. Mm-hmm. They said that yeah. it, they said that it made more money in like a week or a weekend or whatever it was than the first troll movie made in its entire theatrical run. Wow! And that doesn't I mean, you know that doesn't discount the you know the rentals and home video sales. Obviously, mm-hmm. um, you're kind of losing that part because it's 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 home video from the beginning. Um, but I mean, uh, you, you really, you'd really have to look at the entire lifespan of it to really see how it shakes out. Like after Trolls World Tour has been out for several months, like, you know, then it might be good to look back on it and say like, how many, how much money has this movie made in, you know, four or five months or however long since it got released and compare that to a movie coming out theatrically and then going to home video and seeing, you know, the, the difference. Yeah. Yeah. Plus Milan was a lot more expensive. Probably. I'm assuming. Honestly, yeah. mm-hmm. just the effects on the witch alone have to be expensive. Yeah. I'm going to tell you right now, <laughs> the reviews are going to come in and it's going to be like, thank God for the witch. <laughs> yeah. Since they took out the songs, they needed yeah. something else to catch the eye. They're going to be like, the original Milan should have taken out the songs and just had the witch. The all Don't the rev- all the reviews are going to say this movie without the witch, okay. With the witch, <laughs> take put it right to number one Ab- yeah. above Citizen Kane. <laughs> just put it in the vault because it's a classic. It's a yeah. classic. It'll go down in history. If you uh, listen, if you're doing, if you're renting it or buying it, I'll watch. I'll join your watch party. The witch is getting her own spinoff. She's getting her own talk show. She's replacing Ellen. It's called. It's called Mulan Witch. Uh, she's she's coming out with her own pasta sauce. Yep. Yeah. It's a big deal, man. Yeah. Get on board. Oh witch in kitchen. Pasta sauce. Uh, yeah. 
Uh, uh, presto pesto. Yes. Oh my God. You two are killing it. <laughs> we had a long time to rehearse this. <laughs> Saved up a bunch of a bunch yeah. of material from these last two yeah. weeks. Um, yeah. So it's going to come out, and there's you know it's mixed mixed reaction. And I think that I think the the uh, the reaction is really split down the middle between people who have families and so immediately recognize because when you have kids like you start just when you have a family you start looking at you really start looking at the world through the eyes of the price tag and and i think Facts. You, you immediately see that and go oh my god like that's so cheap and then you have the other side of it where you have like individual people people who are not married who do not have kids who see that as like 30 dollars for a movie that's insane yeah yeah and I, and I see both perspectives because like there, there are obviously there are tons of people who do not have yeah. families. Um, the, Mul- the Mulan movie isn't necessarily directed, created with them in mind, but they still, you know, they still have the right to go see it. Yeah, um, <laughs> they have a right. To yeah. Go see it. So I, I, I see I, it's, it's a weird thing where like there's a certain po- percentage of, of the population where this makes tons of sense. And then there's a per- certain yeah. percentage of the population where it's just kind of like a ripoff. Let me throw you this. Even if you're a couple, it's still worth it. So basically it's people who are going to die alone. That's yeah. affecting. Mm-hmm. Specifically. Uh, people who are going to die alone. Yeah. This is, this is, this is the a bad, who are like, that's this is a bad deal. This is a bad yeah. deal. It's a bad deal. But if you're a couple, you're like, got oh, 15 bucks. That's what I'd pay anyway. You're, I mean, you're already, you know, on cat medication alone, you're already, <laughs> you know, f- struggling to make ends meet. And then just, yeah. you know. <laughs> we already just, don't just have just many <laughs> listeners and we're just like alienating our fan base. How dare you? <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, this is coming out. It's got, it's like I said, it's got a, it's got a mixed reaction. Um, but overall, it is a huge step. It's a it's a huge normalization of this because I think a lot of people, whenever Trolls World Tour came out, a lot of people said like, "Oh, this is just this isn't going to become normal. This isn't you know this is this mm-hmm. is a you know this is an experiment on a movie that is not really that big of a deal." And I think specifically, so many people said like, "Disney will never do this," and they're doing it. And, um, you know, it's a big move for that. And it's also coming on the heels of we talked about this several episodes ago and we would have covered this if we had you know done a show this week, but we missed it. Uh, but several sh- episodes ago, we talked about how uh, the the uh, the movie theater industry and uh, NATO, not the uh, the worldwide <laughs> governmental agency, but the National Association, National Associated Theater Organization. What is it? What is it? What does NATO stand for? I forget. Um, not the North Atlantic Treaty Organization, but the. Uh, it is the National, National Association, Association of, of Theater, theater Owners. Owners. So NATO and AMC uh, were basically super pissed off about this, about them taking World Trolls World Tour to streaming first. And they vowed that they would not work with Universal. They would, they're not going to show their mo- their movies in, in theaters anymore. Fuck Universal. We're done. This was a betrayal of our, of our uh, you know, 
our partnership and they vowed that they would not work with them. However, a couple weeks ago, as I predicted on that episode, whenever the actual crunch time came and they had to actually back that up and the reality of the situation set in, they backpedaled and a historic agreement was reached where NATO and movie theaters agreed to reduce the theater window mm-hmm. to 15 days. I think it was, was it 15 days? 17. 17. An unprecedented event in history where they've, they've reduced the, uh, the, the embargo window where, uh, movies, the movies have to remain exclusive to the theater and cannot be streaming to 17 days. So as I said, as I said, they, we're inevitably going to backpedal on that. They were not going to, they were not going to stick to that whole like, fuck you universal. We're not working with you anymore. And now they've reduced this window. Um, so, and then on the heels of that, this news of Mulan coming to straight to Disney plus skipping the theater, this huge budget movie that costs so much money to make. And uh, you, you know, the, the, they're saying it's a one-off, but it still sets a very, striking precedent that uh, I think has has fast forwarded the progress on the this industry greatly. Yeah, I mean, it's a one off for them unless it does super well. And then maybe they do more and then maybe other studios go, well, wait a minute, if Disney's doing it, let's let's do it, too. Yep. Are we are we actually seeing theaters opening more to allow them to like come back from this not i mean no not really i mean like like, how does how does this play out for them like theaters were allowed to open like for two seconds and then they immediately were like nope shut it all down yep we fucked up uh yeah i mean they they theaters were like on the verge of being allowed to reopen they had reopened for like literally a couple weeks and then like pretty much nationwide, there was this huge back. There's huge uh, rolling back of the reopening where everyone was like, "Nope, it it it's it's bad. It's bad. We've made a terrible mistake. Um, <laughs> we were wrong." <laughs> and so, yeah, I mean, at this point, theaters still just aren't really open. Yeah. So I see uh, Black Widow being the being the real thing. Like once this is. Once this doesn't get handled correctly again, like it's not being handled, uh, Disney is going to put out Black Widow on Disney Plus for the same, like the same exact way, and that's gonna that's gonna open the floodgates for everybody else. Once they realize that they're gonna make so much money that way, it's done with. Yeah, I mean, I'm contemplating uh, releasing uh, Van Dam, the Tyler Palo story, straight to cock. Wow! Skip the theater. But you're charging thirty bucks, right? Yeah, I love that so much. I'm in, I'm doing it, <laughs> making that. And that is the 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 epic docu series, docu film, not a series. It's a it's a film. The epic documentary about Tyler living in a van and trekking across the country, visiting every dam. In the in the, in the United States, 
And then at the end of the movie, he goes and he hangs out with Jean-Claude Van Damme. Yeah. <laughs> I thought you were going to say at uh. the end of the movie, he drives off of a dam. <laughs> oh, he, you do. And then you, Spoiler. you, you and Jean-Claude Van Damme fucking uh, uh, Thelma, and Thelma and Louise style. You, you grab hands and you drive off of a dam. I love it. Yeah, with all of my and heart. you both go, damn, damn. <laughs> He's doing the splits between our uh, chairs for no reason. Yeah, yeah. Yep. It's really weird too because I mean we already shot the movie, and yet you're. I don't. I don't. I, I'm actually surprised to see you here. I thought you died. <laughs> no, it'll explain. It'll explain the whole uh, time is an illusion thing. Oh yeah, and yeah. it's not circular. Yeah, it's gonna it's make it. But yeah, straight straight to cock. Straight to cock. <laughs> that's the new catchphrase. Have we have we been gone too long for any of the listeners to pick up on any of these inside jokes? We, I, yes. One hundred percent. Does anyone yeah. remember cock? Does anyone remember that? <laughs> no. I remember cock. <laughs> Pepperidge Farm remembers cock. <laughs> oh, it's all going so well. Oh, wow. <laughs> Uh, Great first episode back, guys. Yep. <laughs> We're uh, still working it out. So getting into these stories. Um, the Boondocks reboot will feature a deep fake John Witherspoon as granddad. So we talked about this before on a previous episode that uh, unfortunately, well, we talked about the fact that the Boondocks was coming back for HBO yeah. Max. That was a long time ago. And then we talked oh about God, yeah. uh, the unfortunate passing of John Witherspoon, who was the voice of granddad. As well as, you know, tons of other great roles. He was Pops in the uh, the Wayans Brothers show. He was the uh, he was the dad in in uh, the Friday series, and um, uh, he was granddad on the Boondocks. But he passed away before they went into production on it. Uh, and they they went in, he he passed away before they did the voice recording, at least. Um, so, um, with the reboot of the Boondocks just months away from premiering, it's been unclear who will voice the late John Witherspoon's beloved granddad in the series or how the show's creators are navigating, uh, um, two new seasons without the comedian's voice. Um, according to John Witherspoon's son, JD, the show had an opportunity to cast him, a veteran voice actor who happens to do an impossibly accurate impression of his father as a successor in a pair of ex- uh, explanatory videos posted to YouTube this week, JD details um, with receipts, the rock, the, uh, the auditioning process for the role and provides a detailed timeline of how he was recruited for a tryout at his father's funeral, just after eulogizing him with a grip of stories and reminiscences. Witherspoon's son goes on to describe being in the booth, running through lines from the reboot pilot episode and how he was ghosted for weeks and months at a time following the audition, only to learn that he'd been passed over for the role. JD claims that instead of casting a voice actor to portray Grandad in the upcoming seasons, the Boondocks will rely on a combination of voice uh, voiceover from an unnamed actor and deepfake-ish technology to bend their voice to pitch and tone. JD also clarified that his father never recorded any lines for the new seasons, but that production on the series will, was well underway. So they've basically opted to, uh, you know, Similar to that story we talked about a long time ago where they were going to make a movie with James Dean. Yeah. By essentially having a body double and then deep faking James Dean's face onto him. They're going to take a voice actor and then they're going to use it as um, the 
the basis for using some kind of audio manipulation technology to create um, John Witherspoon's voice. And um, there's a number of things about this. Number one, you know, when I first saw the headline for this, I thought that it was going to be a good thing. I thought it was, uh, yeah. I thought it was basically like, oh, we're going to honor him by doing this and that the money is going to all go to his estate, his family and all this stuff. And then reading into the story, it was like, oh, no, like they actually specifically passed over his son yeah. to, to do this, which is strange to me because, I mean, obviously we're taking him at his word that he does a pitch perfect impression yeah. of his father. But if he does a pitch perfect impression of his father, it seems like why wouldn't you go that route? It's so much easier yeah. than doing all this stuff to do this technology to like recreate his voice. Why not just do that? In the same way that in Straight Outta Compton, um, they got O'Shea Jackson to play Ice Cube. And it was like, perfect. He looks exactly like him. He yeah. sounds exactly like him. Perfect. Um, maybe he was asking for more money than they wanted to pay or something. I don't know. Um, but it, it seems like why wouldn't they just do that? Um, yeah, it seems harder. Yeah, seems harder. Yeah, if we I don't get it. If we take him, JD, at his word that he does a perfect impression of John Witherspoon. Okay, um, let's. I want to parse through this because it is fascinating. What is so he his son is a voiceover actor. Yeah, he's already a voice oh, actor. It's not like so. It's not like yeah, he, it's not it's like not he's like, a guy. Yeah, it's not like he wanted to do it, and they were like, "Yeah, sure, JD, yeah, whatever you say." Ugh. Like he was, he's, he's never actually, even done it before. Yeah, he's actually a voiceover professional. Yeah. If he's a voiceover professional, why wouldn't you use him anyway? Because they're using a voiceover professional. Yeah. Even if they were going to do the technology. I mean, I guess that once again comes back to like, maybe they just paid him, didn't want to pay him as much as he wanted or something. I don't know. Yeah. Um. But yeah, so there's that. And then there's, there's also the, the idea or the fact of like, we talked about, once again, we talked about this on a previous episode, but there is a law that exists. I know it exists for, for, for movies, for like likenesses, like visual likenesses. I can only imagine that it's got to be the same for voice, but I don't know. I admit that I do not yeah. know this, but there's a law that you cannot portray somebody's likeness on screen in a movie without paying them for essentially being in the movie. Like the in in Blade Runner 2049, there's a scene where they um, they took an actress like a body double and then they digitally put uh, Sean Young's face on her face mm -hmm. to and they basically a young Sean Young. Um, to basically recreate her character from the original Blade Runner in the eighties, um, she she's a she's a replicant. She's a she's a robot. So they were basically had this scene where they recreated her, and she was only in the movie for one scene. And it, and Sean Young had nothing to do with the production of the movie. She wasn't in the movie. She never shot anything. She never came to any set. She did nothing. They took footage from the original Blade Runner and used that to digitally recreate her face on this actress. And but because they were using her likeness, 
she was top billed in the movie and she got paid as if she appeared in the film um, as a supporting actress because it's it's the law Um, and the law was created because um, whenever they were when they were making Back to the Future 2 famously Crispin Glover who plays George McFly uh, he did not want to return or he did want to return that he was asking for too much money than they wanted to pay him. He wanted this substantial pay raise. I think he basically wanted to be paid as much as Michael J. Fox. And they said no. And so he he quit. He said, I'm not doing it. And so they wrote George McFly out of the movie by basically having this plot line where George is dead. And that's the whole plot of the movie is that this alternate timeline has been created where Biff becomes the king of hill valley and he shoots george mcfly and kills him um Mm -hmm. but there is a scene in the future in 2015 where uh marty mcfly's parents come and visit him um right after he's fixed the timeline and undid it where george is no longer dead uh so um they or actually, it's, it's not even it's it's before the timeline gets changed. But anyway, he goes to the future and Marty McFly's parents in the future are visiting. And so uh, Le- Leah Thompson is playing Lorraine McFly. But George McFly is played by an actor who is doing an impression of Crispin Glover. He's kind of looks like him. They've got some prosthetics put onto his yeah. face to more and he's resemble upside him. down right? and they have him hanging upside down. And yeah. the explanation in the movie is that he threw his back out and it's the future. So he's like flying around on this like weird floating device that mm-hmm. that holds him upside down, I guess, to just stretch out his back. But the reason why they do that is because human beings have trouble recognizing facial features when they've been turned upside down. So they were basically obscuring the fact they basically wanted to trick people into thinking that it was Crispin Glover. They did not yeah. want it to occur to anybody that it was a different actor. And so Crispin Glover sued them for this and basically said, like, you can't you can't make people think that I'm in the movie if I'm not in the movie. You're basically stealing from me because anybody could just do this. If you wanted to cast a famous actor in a movie and they didn't want to do it, you could just get a, you know, an impersonator to pretend to be them. You could make people think that they were in the movie and you could get away with using my star power to draw an audience to your movie without paying me. And he won the lawsuit and it created a, it established a law in Hollywood where you cannot use somebody's likeness without paying them as if they were in the movie. So was he billed as if he was in the movie? No, they, they he was not in the movie. He had nothing to do with the movie. He was not billed in the movie. He was not paid for the movie, but they, they tried to make people think, that he was in the movie or at the very least that's that's the most aggressively yeah. negative read of it the least yeah. the most charitable read of it was that they just did not want anyone to notice that he was not in the movie but either right way, but they weren't actively being like it's it's all the same people come see this movie you're gonna love it it's just they were just they didn't do anything to tell anybody that he was a different yeah they allowed people to believe that it was just yeah. him uh and so he sued and they it created a law and that's yeah. why, you know, years later, whenever they make Blade Runner 2049, they have a brief scene where an actress has Sean Young's face put onto her face using footage from the movie from the 80s. Sean Young is credited and paid as if she is a supporting actress in the film. Uh, so 
that leads to the question of if they are doing this, if they are using a voice actor and trying to make it sound like it's John Witherspoon um, using digital technology, are they paying John Witherspoon's family as if he's in the film, as if he's in the show? Not that, <laughs> not, that, so. not that voice acting is like a hugely lucrative job. Like voice actors don't get paid a whole lot. It's, it's a whole right. different story of getting billed in a movie where you get tons of money. Um, I would, here's, here's the other question too, is like, if, if the, to go through all that rigmarole and then go, okay, well, we're going to give you, we're going to give the family some money. Why not just use the sun still? Yeah. I mean, that's, that's just at the end of the day, that just, that's where my mind goes back to as well of like, you've gone out of your way to use yeah. this experimental technology to do this when you could have just done that. Yeah. And so he either, there's two explanations, one plausible, one meh. He's either really terrible at voice acting yeah, or he's just lying. they just don't want to pay him. Well, there's three. There's three. Either oh, he's, give me the third. Either he's exaggerating his talent and he he's just bad and they're just yeah. like, fuck, like this yeah. guy sucks. Um, he, this this guy is like straight up Marvin Gaye's son style. Uh, <laughs> um, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the apple fell very yeah. far from the tree. Number two is he was asking for too much money. Like he was he was like he was like, yeah, I'm John Witherspoon's son. Pay me this insane exorbitant amount of money to do this voice acting job. Or number three. And once again, he's an unreliable narrator to, you know, get a sense of this. He's a huge asshole who you would not want to work with. And they were just mm -hmm. like, fuck that guy. We do not want to work with that guy. We're going to do all this computer stuff just to not. Yeah. Yeah. There's got it. There's whatever it is. There's a deeper reason than just, oh, we're going to just um, we're going to deep fake it. There's yeah, a deeper reason to it. There's something going on there. And so far, all we've heard is from JD. And I'm not I'm not I'm not assuming that he's the wrong in the wrong in this situation. I'm not, I'm not just immediately being like, I feel like there's something he's not saying. I, I just yeah. there, there is something else going on. There's some there's something more to the story than just that they for no reason whatsoever passed over casting the son of the actor who can do a spot on impression of yeah. him in favor of wildly complicated digital technology like there, there's just something else to that yeah which probably would cost just as much i'm imagining yeah <laughs> do you yeah, want to listen to it i haven't pulled up uh, his impression possible yeah Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, I mean, I have to hold on. Let me give you the access to screen sharing. Yeah, so just screen share and select to share your computer audio. You'll get it, Tyler. We, we have faith in you. No, no. This better System be preferences. worth it, Tyler. All right, never mind. Oh, <laughs> I, I'd have to quit. I'd, send me the, I'd have to send me the, my, quit my. Send me the link huh? to whatever. Send me the link to whatever you have. Okay.
starts at 12 seconds in. God damn it, you're sending me a fucking Joe Rogan. I know, I'm not happy about it. I don't I wasn't gonna show like who it was from. Alright. We'll we'll be the judge of who was right and who was wrong. Alright. It's really good. <laughs> he, don't, he doesn't think it sounds like him at all. He doesn't. It's. I mean, you give me something. Uh, well, here I only know it because this is how he talks to me all the time. He always be like, um, hmm, JD, uh, what you, what you, what you doing today? You got work. Hmm? You gotta go uh, sit back and talk to all them people. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. He's, he's, he'd be, hey, you'd be perfect for ASMR. I, we should just make that type of stuff. <laughs> Okay, first of all, yeah, it sounds exactly <laughs> fucking like his dad. Yeah. And secondly, he's charming as fuck. <laughs> yeah. The one thing I could maybe say is wow. like his impression is good, but like he's super young. Yeah, but like, it's a voiceover. Yeah, I no, I, I agree with you. I'm I'm real I'm yeah. really just I'm really just like I'm I'm lightly playing devil's advocate of just like he still is like He's a very young guy, and maybe they wanted to go for like the realism of him actually being old and not being like a young guy doing an old man impression. I don't know. I'm just I'm I, yeah. I, I agree with you. I'm just saying like maybe I'm just I'm yeah. trying I'm trying to I'm trying to rationalize why this has happened. Yeah, that's crazy. Because I was ready to be like, oh, maybe he's just really not. He's great. Yeah. yeah that was now I'm mad for no reason whatsoever because I'm not going to watch this anyway. But I'm just fucking mad about this now. Yeah, I don't I don't get it. There's got to be something wow. else going on. Yeah. Some, the Witherspoon Gate 2020. Right. I, uh, I, I want more info. Um, so there is a Ren and Stimpy reboot in the works at Comedy Central, which is the, uh, the next in a series of announcements of a bunch of um, sort of classic 90s animated programming being rebooted recently. Um, the Ren and Stimpy show will return on Comedy Central. It's been 25 years since Ren and Stimpy, Jesus Christ, since Ren and Stimpy ended their run on Nickelodeon wow. and Spike TV. Uh, old. Now Comedy Central will reimagine the series for a new generation, according to The Hollywood Reporter. Nickelodeon Animated Studios will develop the project once Viacom CBS hires a creative team. There's no information available on what when the series will debut or how many episodes it will run. The original Ren and Stimpy show debuted on Nickelodeon in 1991. This announcement is in the latest. I already said this. I don't need your copy to tell me that this is the latest in another announcement of animation. (laughs) Um, Yep. The company will also resurrect Beavis and Butthead and Clone High, blah, 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 blah. Um, I want to thank our partners at Nick Animation as we reimagine these iconic characters with a new creative team. Uh said said Nina L. Diaz, president of the of content and creative uh president and chief creative officer for Viacom CBS. And there's a very specific I, I'm I'll, we'll talk about this in a second, but I think there's something very pointed and purposeful about her saying um reimagine these iconic characters with a new creative team. I think there is something incredibly strategic and pointed about the fact that she specifically said that. Um Ooh. We are excited to reinvent this iconic franchise with a new creative team. Say it, said it again. I will once again say that there is a very specific reason why they are pointing that out. Because when, because when, when other time, 
do they say that? What other time in a reboot do they specifically say, we're working with a different creative team? In fact, they usually try to go out of their way to say that they're working with the original creative team because people always want it to be the original creators. Um, uh, a new creative team and our partners at the Nickelodeon Animation Studio said Viacom CBS Entertainment and Youth Group President Chris McCarthy. Ren and Stimpy joins our rapidly expanding roster of adult animation, including South Park, Beavis and Butthead, and Clone High, as we continue to reissue our treasure ch chest of beloved IP for um, new generations. The reason for that is because the creator of Ren and Stimpy, John Kay, is a horrible sexual predator who... Oh, shit, really? Yeah, who was who was re relatively recently in the last five years, he, he was outed as basically having spent a majority of his uh, career um, sexually grooming and having wildly inappropriate sexual relationships with underage girls. Um, he basically like young female animators looking to get into the industry would like write him letters and want to basically you know basically like be like i, I want to be an animator like i love ren and stimpy i love your work all this stuff and then he would start these um correspondent relationships with them where he'd be like yeah like come out and you know i'll help you and get you into the industry or whatever and then he would have these young underage girls you know he basically like fly them out and have them like live with him and the parents yeah. thinking that like they were he was helping them with their career and then he would and basically you know a lot of women came out and said like when i was when i was young when i was 14 years old i had a sexual relationship with john k who you know under the auspices of uh helping me be, get into the animation industry and then it turned into this and um there's a documentary about it he's been you know completely ostracized from the industry and uh, yeah, he's he's just a, he's a horrible monster, and he created Ren and Stimpy. Uh, so they're very specifically making clear because because of the fact that this is widely known and a very hot button topic. Um, I think that they are specifically saying that to make it clear to everybody: like, do not get mad at us. Don't create a controversy about this. We have distanced ourselves. We have nothing to do with John Kay. This is a different creative team. We own the IP for Ren and Stimpy. He left in the last few seasons of the show anyway, so he didn't. Even, he wasn't even involved in several of the last seasons um, of the show in the first place. Uh, but but he's still going to get paid for this because he's the creator. I mean, Not if he goes to prison. Maybe I. I've, I. It depends on what his deal is because you know he could. The, so in in certain situations like. You know, you, even if you create a show, like depending on your contract, depending on your deal, like you have zero ownership of it whatsoever. Or, you know, if you negotiated a good deal and have some kind of percentage of the ownership, it all depends. But yeah, ultimately, if he does have a some kind of situation in his contract, he would get paid for it. Um, but it all depends. I would almost bet that he does. Yeah. Which is now I'm mad. I'm like, well, then you're just giving him money. Yeah, to I mean, put up the show. Yeah, again. that's that's it, it. Really depends on the details of that, but it, yeah, yeah. If, if he is, if he does have kind of some kind of back end situation, um, some kind of percentage of ownership or whatever, some kind of residuals, 
um, you are kind of implicitly supporting him by bringing the show back. And I didn't know any of this. I just knew that this was happening because I know a fair amount of people who are like, hey, it's coming back. Awesome. But I don't know if people know that backstory as well. I think it's it's combination. A lot of people don't know. And then a, a sizable portion of the fan base does know, but they basically are like, you know, that, that doesn't matter. It has nothing to do with the show. Like what he did in his personal life doesn't affect, you know, the show. It's, you know, like the whole separating the art from the artist thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. I, but I think a lot of people probably don't know. Yeah. Um, wow. I didn't know that. And so looking at this in the outline, I didn't think it was going to take this turn because now I'm just sad. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, re- it's a really, it's a really bad situation. I mean, the, the, yeah, I think, I think, I mean, there's all these things are bad, obviously there's, I mean, there's no, there's no, like, there's no one thing that's like more bad than another one when it comes to these types of situations. Uh, but I, but I, there's something that resonates with me specifically specifically more than others uh of like just being so heartbroken and disgusted at the idea of a young child like having a passion for something and wanting to do something um you know and whatever it is like oh i want to be an animator or i want to be a stand-up comic um or you know i want to make movies or whatever whatever it is uh and reaching out to somebody and having this trust of like i admire you you're a hero of mine i want to be in this industry i want to do what you do can you help me and the person misleading them and basically be like yeah i'll help you and then yeah doing this with that power that they have uh that there's something there's something just so devastating to me about that and once again i'm not saying that it's like worse than other situations not it's not worse than when this things ha- when these things happen to grown women uh but there, there's just something specific about that that's just so devastating to me so fuck that guy he's he's a he's a i you know I, I was a fan as a kid but he's an absolute piece of shit um yeah let's go to some happy stuff <laughs> yeah um Taj Maori has said that smart the smart guy reboot is in development. He's a smart guy. <laughs> smart guy, smart guy. He's a 10-year-old whiz kid, but a high school, a, a pugnacious with a shorty with a thousand IQ. He's got away with the ladies and he's keeping it real. Your favorite little study buddy, he knows the deal, but he's still uh, something something on the ball really clever you could say he was bright brainy gifted whatever your brother is smart he's a smart guy (laughs) um so both of you guys were into the show absolutely yes 100 percent i i i mean it was 97 i aged out it was so good taj maori and a smart guy omar gooding jr Kuba's mm. little brother. He was on the show. Oh, he's good. Yep. I like him. Fantastic. Um, so good. Taj Maori is working to reprise his role as TJ Henderson in a Smart Guy reboot. We've got the ball rolling on on a Smart Guy revival. He said, um, "It's sort of going to be a sequel, a continuation." Fans are curious as to what to expect from the new from from the new show. 
Uh, Maori did not disappoint as he shared with Vice. You'll be brought into where TJ is and what he's up to now. I came up with a really fresh take that will be different enough to, so even if you didn't watch the original, you'll still be able to enjoy it, he continued. Smart Guy, starring Maori, premiered in 1997 on the WB television network. After the show's three-season run, it was canceled by the WB and replayed on Disney shortly after in the 2000s. Um, hey, wait. Was Taraji P. Henson really on this show? Yeah. Wow. I mean, look, it was 97. It was I was in my 20s. I was out at bars. I wasn't watching this. Uh, so, and then Amory, this cast is great. Anne-Marie Johnson, she's a legend. Wow. The 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 dad, there's a dad who Floyd Henderson. Mm-hmm. He's played by John Marshall Jones. He's one of the most important movies of our era. He's in White Man Can't Jump. Yeah, well, I mean, I think <laughs> I think that was the big thing back in the late '90s. Was like, wow. or the yeah, the, the 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 mid to late '90s was they would get these like they would stunt cast these sitcoms with these like these like stars of yesterday, like all these sitcoms. Yeah, where you're just like, oh, like as a kid, you didn't know, you just thought that they were that, but then you grow up and you're like, oh shit, like that that character that sitcom was just like this huge actor in the 70s or the 80s or whatever um, that's amazing like that show it was a huge cast that show on on uh on disney so weird where molly phillips was the mom oh michelle phillips was uh the, wait michelle phillips not molly uh mckenzie phillips mckenzie phillips yeah. we found it yeah molly is her name in the show i but yeah McKenzie, okay. mckenzie phillips okay uh, oh wow but yeah it was like i didn't know who that was i just thought she was the yeah. mom in that show <laughs> Yeah. Um. But uh, but yeah. So so they're they're bringing that back. The one thing I gotta say about that is, like, they, this is one. This show has a very specific premise that is kind of like the entire appeal of the show is a small kid in high school. Mm-hmm. What are they gonna do with the show? Son of. Uh, they'll do a son of situation where it's like the son of the smart guy. Okay. Where is this? Where is this going to be rebooted again? Does it say? Uh, it, doesn't it doesn't say. say. No. So depending on where it's rebooted, I'm thinking uh, super super genius has to acclimate to regular life. Is what I'm getting at. What I'm thinking. He's yeah, I mean the whole yeah the thing of like like the character in Mag uh, in Magnolia where. He was like a boy genius. He was like a when he was a kid, he was like this mega genius and he, you know, won the the quiz show and he was kind of like no uh famous for that. But then as an adult, he's just kind of a regular guy and he's just very sad and depressed and kind of just had to like I I don't think that's where they'll go with the smart guy reboot. That's I I think they'll make it funnier, but But I can see, yeah, I can see like a situation of like Maybe, you know, because maybe, maybe he's a teacher at the school and his like life didn't necessarily be. go where he wanted it to go. And then, yeah, his son is goes to the school and he's a genius. Yeah. I would I would actually love it if his son is just not a genius at all. His son is just like the jockiest works on cars guy that's ever been. And it's him trying to connect with his son through through those means instead of uh, intellect. Yeah, I mean, you're, you're selling me both of you. Yeah, what, kind of like what's that movie? There was that movie that had uh, Rick Moranis and Tom Arnold, where 
as kids, Tom Arnold was this bully, and then Rick Moranis was this nerdy kid who he bullied. But then they grow up, and then Rick Moranis comes back to the town, his hometown, where Tom Arnold is is like the PE coach. And it's kind of about them rectifying and hashing out that their relationship as kids big bully yeah yeah but then but then the whole the other like the b plot of it is that rick moranis's son is like a cool popular kid and then tom arnold's son is like a nerd and rick moranis's son becomes tom arnold's son son's bully oh layered texture layered that's amazing um yeah so yeah I'll, I'll be i'll be interested to see how they interpret that because that show is so specific to like the entire appeal of it is that it's about a little kid going to high school yeah that's what i would assume uh let's keep this keep this reboot train rolling tony danza and Alyssa milano confirm who's the boss sequel series in the works yeah who's the boss is coming back to television an update to the popular 80s sitcom is in the works. Tony Danza and Alyssa Milano, who starred in the original series for eight seasons, confirmed on Tuesday. Excited to bring the Maselli family back to television. Hashtag who's the boss, Danza tweeted. Um, <laughs> meanwhile, the actress wrote on her Instagram announcement. I am so excited. Who's the boss is coming back. Um, I wanted to share this for so long and now I can. Milano continued. We feel the time is right to tell the story of these amazing characters today. Can't wait to share their stories with you. So happy. Um, Sony Pictures Television is currently developing the project as a sequel to Who's the Boss, according to Deadline, who was first to report the news. Uh, Both Danza and Milano are attached to reprise their roles as father and daughter, Tony and Samantha Maselli. And the two will also executive produce the show along with Norman Lear, Brent Miller, and Dan Farah. Uh, the, The revival will take place 30 years after the events of Who's the Boss, centering around Samantha's new life as a single mother and her relationship with a retired father. So I mean, gonna... yes. No. Give me all of it. Uh, Listen, I'm here for any Alyssa Milano vehicle. I celebrate her entire catalog. Good for her. <laughs> <laughs> I do. She's great. I'm, I'm here for it. I, I hope Judith Light. Judith Light is an amazing, amazing actor. And I hope she is in it as well in, in some capacity. Unfortunately, maybe Andrew can help me with this. I have a theme song in my head, but I think it's the theme song from Growing Pains and not Who's the Boss. Is it Show Me That Smile Again? Yeah, that's Growing Pains, right? Don't waste another minute on your crying. We are nowhere near, we are nowhere near. The best is ready to begin. Two, three, four. As long as we've got each other. We can take anything that comes our way. Baby, rain or shine all the time. We got each other sharing the laughter and love. Sharing the laughter and love. You know who wrote that, right? That's Growing Pains. Yes. You know who wrote that? Alan Thick wrote it. Yeah. And BJ Thomas performed it. Yeah, but, but, I, but when I was a kid, I just, but when I was a kid, I thought it was Alan Thicke that sang it. 
Oh yeah, that I can see that. I can see that. I but now I can't think of the um, who's the boss. Uh, I think it's who's the boss. Who's the boss? <laughs> Everybody wants to know who's the boss. Who could I don't it be? Know who do you know? Who, who we gonna find out maybe this week now? Who's the boss? Who's the boss? What if? <laughs> The producers of Who's the Boss reboot hear this and go, there's our new theme song. I, we just, I tune in the night of the premiere. <laughs> yeah, Who's the boss? You. Who's the boss? boss. <laughs> and you're just like, oh what the fuck? That'd be fantastic. <laughs> oh, I would love that. I, uh, I never watched Who's the Boss. I'm sure it's fantastic and as good as everybody says it is. But I will tell you, I, I'm tired of rebooting 30 years later just because people are old give me a give me just no 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 what i'm saying God is damn use it, the Tyler. same use the same actors Alyssa milano and, and and tony danza but do it the way that wet hot american summer did it Where and just, just pretend takes, that they're the same age <laughs> it takes place i would at the exact same time yes i would love Alyssa milano acting like she's just turned 15 instead and <laughs> she's like just she's like still figuring it out boy yeah. problems <laughs> exactly Oh, here we go. Okay. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. This hits. Budweiser. Wait a minute. The producer's name is Budweiser. <laughs> <laughs> this was before corporations were actual people, so you had to slyly put them in as producers. Let me tell you, that theme song is way better than Growing Pains. That was way so better. ridiculous. Uh, I mean, that thing slaps. Hard disagree, but it's, no. a, it's, a, it's a good. Alyssa Milano looks like on, that girl on, that used to play on. a robot. Hold on. Listen, listen. Wait a minute. We're going to fucking litigate Inside this. baseball. Inside baseball. Doesn't sound a little bit like Japanese smooth jazz, which you and I both love. It does kind of, yes. Yeah. So but don't try to go. manipulate me in that way. <laughs> I'm fully manipulating. That's way better. By the way, Kurt. We're going to listen to I, the, the, we're gonna listen to the superior version because there's several different versions. But you're going to listen to the season two <laughs> theme song. All right, you got to play the Blossom theme song next. Oh, because they bring a duet it.
don't doubt no. the thick. Listen. And just to prove. Who's um, the boss has got more stank on it? Growing pain. Yeah, the growing pains theme. That's what I'm talking about. Just, just to prove how versatile this song is. We're now going to listen to the season seven version. <laughs> nope. It's the wrong one. Maybe it's season eight. Kirk, I got uh, Spotify Premium. Uh-huh. I want a playlist from you. Oh, yes. yes. Season. Oh, no. Season six. They went back to the they went back to the other version. I don't remember that. Oh, this is this is silly. You just proved my point. Because who's the boss theme song? Who's the who's the boss theme song is so good they don't need to change it up. Whereas Growing Pains kind of sucks, so they're like, we gotta fucking spruce it up. We gotta change it up. How can you say that kind of sucks? That's uh, that's facts. Because who's the boss is like, you know, we're keeping it because it bangs. Listen, Whereas the growing pains are like, oh, we need to spruce it up. We need to change it up. Listen, Kurt. You just proved my point. Only things that are truly loved by their audience get fan art. Explain. What? Huh? This acapella group was like, we are moved oh. Oh, gotcha. to create does, our it, own rendition. Nobody's covering the Who's it, the Boss song. Nobody's doing covers. Because they work. Because they first can't. of all, who's they paid an acapella band to do that? No, they found they sent that tape in. They're like, yeah. you can have this. <laughs> we don't want no bag. I don't want none. We'd be insulted if you tried to pay us for this. It's it's like this. Who's the boss? Theme song is like John Lennon's Imagine. You shouldn't cover it because you're going to ruin it. You'd keep it the same. Well, never mind. Don't yeah. tune into my YouTube channel next week. Thank <laughs> you. I just proved all of you with a Beatles thing. I don't even like him. Nope. <laughs> uh, I'm glad you played the Who's the Boss because that was fantastic. So there is a <laughs> Mimic TV series reboot in the works at Miramax TV. Jim Danger Gray will write the adaptation, executive produce, and serve as showrunner. Based on Donald A. Wolheim's short story of the same name, Mimic revolves around the genetically engineered insects who evolve, developing the ability to mimic their human prey and the race to stop them from taking over. This marks one of the highest profile projects at Miramax TV since Mark Helwig was appointed head of worldwide television in May when he indicated that mining the Miramax film library for TV projects is 
one important part of his strategy. Uh, <laughs> what is happening? <laughs> Nothing. Nothing to see here. Um, what? <laughs> Miramax TV couldn't be uh, more thrilled to be in business with Paul Anderson, Paul W.S. W. S. Anderson. Thank you very much, writer of this copy. Don't don't <laughs> don't become so familiar yeah. with Paul W.S. Anderson. Um, Jeremy Bolt and Jim Danger Gray on Mimic, um, uh, which will be chopped to buyers. Paul is one of the leading filmmakers of his generation. Debatable. Uh, and we are excited <laughs> to bring a bold new take on this classic title to life blah 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 blah. ultimately they're doing a a uh, mimic tv show sounds exciting sounds cool can't think of it a more disappointing thing than that's a that's an exaggeration yes i can um, <laughs> can't think of can't think of many more disappointing things than a movie that was directed by gilmo del toro now being turned into a TV show directed by Paul W.S. Anderson. <laughs> yeah, I saw Mimic in the theaters. I remember seeing that movie. Uh, I, I don't remember much about it, but I remember not hating it. It's a good movie. Uh, yeah, what's, what's I remember it's like a legit good movie. He did the Predator reboot, right? Paul W.S. Anderson, he, he made the Resident Evil movies. All right. Never mind. Huh. I wish I hadn't known anymore. <laughs> I how do you I I guess you can sustain this as a television series because you can do that with any movie, but it just seems weird to me. Yeah. It's also a movie doesn't it seem like it's a movie that's been lost to time. Do people talk about mimic? No, I don't think they do. I mean, I guess that's maybe the point of it is just like you said, like plumbing the depths of the library yeah. and being like, Oh, like here's like a little kind of blip in pop culture history that we can mine, but yeah, I don't. I don't think that there was much cultural significance to mimic. It was kind of one of the early, more studio movies from Del Toro before he kind yeah. of like came into his own as a as an auteur filmmaker. Um, you know, he was doing those studio movies, and you know, it's it's still a movie directed by Guillermo del Toro. So, yeah. it's, but it's you know, it's yeah. just one of the it's one of the studio pictures he did in his earlier career. Yeah, it's interesting because it's like not af big after his independent like making movies independently. Uh -huh. uh, as he got into the Hollywood system, but before he became big enough to kind of be able to helm his own kind of projects. Yeah. It feels like a movie that was, it wasn't big enough that it was a monster hit, but wasn't small enough to be cult status. It just kind of lives in the middle. Mm -hmm. So. Starring the underrated Mira Sorvino. Way underrated. If she's on the TV show, I'll watch it. Mm -hmm. Other who, than that. Nah. Who I think was, uh, she, she, her career didn't necessarily go into a direction that it should have because she was essentially blackballed from the industry by Harvey Weinstein. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's the same. She's real. She was real great. Yeah. Um. So on that note, we're gonna take a quick break, and when we come back, we're gonna do our regular segment. Can you go for that? After these messages, we'll be right and we're back and now it's time for our regular segment where we talk about unsubstantiated rumors and nostalgic stories and discuss whether we think they're a good idea or not that segment is called can you go for that oh oh, oh. 
Oh, can you, can you go for that? This is the remix. We are back, we are back, and it's time to go for that. Can you go? Oh, oh, oh. Fantastic. First story. So, uh, according to rumors, while the Netflix dead uh, Daredevil show has been canceled, obviously, uh, Marvel would reportedly love for Charlie Cox to return as Daredevil for a new Disney Plus or Hulu Daredevil series. Marvel are reportedly considering bringing back John Bernthal for another run as the Punisher, but the show could be sent to FX or Hulu in order to avoid sanitizing the notoriously violent vigilante for Disney Plus. Not only that, but they would love for Cox's Daredevil to appear in a supporting role and are even discussing the idea of roping in Samuel L. Jackson's Nick Fury so that the actor can finally drop some of his signature F-bombs in the MCU. So there's kind of actually a couple of different stories here. Uh, the main thing is just the idea of Daredevil, but then there's also like this idea that you know, getting John Bernthal to come back for Punisher and also getting Nick, Nick Samuel, Sam Jackson inf- involved into this as Nick Fury for yeah, just a, so you could say fuck. Yeah. For a FX or Hulu series. Do you watch Legion on FX? No, it's fantastic. I still have you. I watched like the I first still haven't even gone around to better off Ted. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I don't what? have time to unpack that right now. <laughs> but I like I watched uh, I watched like the first four episodes of Legion, and it's fantastic. Whatever that guy's name is, um, he's a, he's in like Eurovision too. He's amazing, and uh, Aubrey Plaza's in it. Will You'll Ferrell, it. huh? Will, Will Ferrell, yes. Uh, let me see his name. Hold on, Dan Stevens. Dan Stevens. Oh, he's from so- uh, Downton Abbey. Oh, Dan what? Stevens? Is he... Uh, wait. He plays Legion. He play, He is Legion, yeah. The, the character. Yeah, that's Dan Stevens. He's on, he was on uh, the first season of Downton Abbey. Oh, Dan... See, I... What I know Dan Stevens from is this movie called The Guest. Oh, I've heard of that movie. Yeah. Is he, like, super ripped in that movie? We, well, there's a, <laughs> there, there, there's a scene where he walks out of a bathroom... Having so basically the movie is that <laughs> is that my brain remembers things. <laughs> yeah, the, the movie is that uh, there's a family whose son dies um, in Afghanistan. He's he's in the army, and he dies in Afghanistan. This guy shows up, played by Dan Stevens, who claims to be a friend of his, uh, a friend of their son's, and who's just come back from overseas, and he kind of just doesn't know have any place to go. So they let him stay with them for a while. And uh, it's the the mother living and, and uh, the husband and wife living with uh, their 20 something year old daughter and then their teenage son. And he kind of ingratiates himself in their life. He kind of has this weird romantic tension with the daughter. Uh, but then slowly over time, they start to realize that he is like a sociopath and he's just a genuine. And then he's also he's lying about everything and he's part of some weird government experiment to create like sleeper cell super soldiers. Um, so he's like a killing machine and he's also like a psychopath. Um, and Dan Stevens is the guy. And there's a scene in it 
uh, going back to that like weird sexual tension or whatever, where uh, he he comes out of uh, the bathroom having taken a shower and the the daughter is like in the hallway walking by and he walks out like in a towel and he's like just mega ripped. And it's like this weird, like awkward thing where, or whatever. Um, and they specifically talk about in the DVD commentary for it that like he worked out for like months specifically just for that scene. Yeah, yes, it worked. Of course. It worked. Um, oh, but what, what, we what have, were we talking about? What were we, about yeah. Uh, can we go for this daredevil? Uh, Do you want to? Yeah, I mean, I bet, oh, like yeah. basically the the idea is like, you know, the Daredevil show that existed on Netflix. The actor who played Daredevil was Charlie Cox. Can you go for him continuing to play Daredevil? Uh, I can go for that, mostly because I don't care, and uh, it's like he he didn't get his chance, you know, to to finish out his thing. So just give him a full new show. That's what I think. I think it's good. I love, I love it. I love it. I'm gonna uh, uh, the exact words that Tyler is saying. I'm supporting. He said it better than I could have. Cool. I, guess, <laughs> I guess this might be a might have been a bad story to do then because I <laughs> I thought that Tyler would have more of an opinion. I for some reason I thought like you liked the show or something like that. Uh, no, I, or, or I assumed that you liked the show. Uh, but this might might have been a bad one because I also don't have much of an opinion on it. I never really watched. I never really watched the show. He seems fine, but I was just I watched the first couple episodes of it, and I just never came back to it. Um, yeah. So exactly what happened to me? Yeah, it's like it's like the same thing. I can go for that because like sure, I guess, but I don't really have much yeah. of an opinion. I thought I assumed that one, at least one of us would have like a more specific opinion about this. this okay, is- fine. I'll do this. You you one cov is they have to include Colin Farrell's bullseye in the show. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. It has to be Charlie Cox as Daredevil from the Netflix show, yes. but Carl, Colin Farrell from the from the Ben Affleck movie. Exactly. That's, <laughs> That's great, idea. actually. That'd be fucking awesome. <laughs> I totally see that. Um, yeah. <laughs> Should we move on then? <laughs> yeah, let's, let's just move but on. But the whole show thing. has to take place inside of a payphone. I love it. Yes. <laughs> yes. <Absolutely. laughs> um, next story. Hayden Christensen is rumored to finally return in the Star Wars Disney Plus in a Star Wars Disney Plus show. Hayden Christensen is rumored to reprise his role as Anakin Skywalker in the upcoming Obi-Wan Disney Plus show. Making his Star Wars debut in 2002's Attack of the Clones, Christensen played Anakin in the final two prequel trilogy installments. At the time the films were released, Christensen's performances were criticized as coming across as wooden. However, in the years since, the prequels have been reevaluated in a much more positive light, and Star Wars fans have now forgiven Christensen and would be interested in seeing him return to the franchise. Um, in the past, Christensen's, Christensen's downplayed the possibility of a Star Wars comeback, but he did have a voiceover cameo in Rise of Skywalker. And even though Lucasfilm has now ended the Skywalker saga, they're still working on projects adjacent to that narrative, meaning there is still a chance Christensen could play Anakin in a live action uh, again, depending on how things play out. Uh, I'll uh. start by saying, uh, I, I, in no way could I ever go for this, except one eventuality 
uh, universe. And it's the one where they just have him come in for like transition cutscenes where he looks into the camera and goes, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> and then like every other one is a different one. It's like, listen, I know sand is coarse. I don't know why I said it. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> uh, I can't go for it. It feels... I feel bad about saying it because it's just low-hanging fruit. But no, he's... What movie have you been like, oh, okay, here's Hayden. Life here's as a house. <laughs> Life uh, as a house? Life as a house. Hayden Christensen. Kevin Klein. Oh, that thing! Oh my God! I don't actually. I, I don't. I don't like that movie or anything like that. I was just joking. But I mean, the, oh, are you? Do you ride hard for Takers or Jumper? I like. I don't care. I like Jumper. Oh yeah, yeah. Fuck. <laughs> you do like Gosh. Jumper. I remember that. I, I remember, mean, I remember you talking some about people Jumper. are like. Some people do go like, "Oh, Shattered Glass." That's he's amazing. I was like, <laughs> that's his best work, but it's not the greatest. I mean, come on. And do you know any of his recent movies? No. Nah. Have you seen 90 Minutes in Heaven or First Kill or American Heist? He's a no. he's a he's a homeless man's Ryan Felipe. Wow. <laughs> Holy <laughs> shit. Homeless man's, he said. <laughs> That's really accurate and really hurtful. <laughs> Whoa, dude. <laughs> I mean, I can't oh. argue with what you're saying, but at the same time, I'm like, dude, don't curb stop him when he's already down. That's messed up. Wow. Yeah. That That's like the lot. meanest thing you've ever I said know, on this it really show. Is. I, went, I went super hard <laughs> on that one. You went super hard with that. But I can't, I can't, I'm not going to disagree. Right. Wow. <laughs> but also... Could you could you imagine Hayden Christensen in Cruel Intentions? It's probably the funniest movie I've ever seen. Now, I hate saying. Wow. Um, <laughs> I could see him in Studio Fifty Four. Yes. Um, yeah, I uh, I cannot go for this. Yeah, here's the in thing. Your heart. We've talked about this before on a previous episode, but like, there's this newfound revisionist history where people have now started to look back on the prequels as like good and not only good, but like there's this whole generation of younger people who I guess are in their like early twenties who think that the prequels are better than the originals. And I just cannot, I, I refuse to accept that narrative. I refuse. Those movies are terrible. I cannot Absolutely. go for that. Can't go for that. No. Um, last story. Once again, a casting rumor, and also once again, a Star Wars related casting rumor. Donald Glover might return as Lando on a Disney Plus show. Perhaps his own Disney Plus show. Donald Glover may reprise his role as Lando Calrissian for a Disney Plus series. Glover played Lando in the feature film uh, Solo, a Star Wars story. 
The movie acted out as sort of a prequel to the main Star Wars saga, following the adventures of a young Han Solo. Solo itself didn't ex- uh, exceed expect- expectations of the box op- the, at the box office, but overall fans seemed to enjoy Glover's, Glover's portrayal of a young Lando. While the movie's lack of success means Lucasfilm may not be keen to make a sequel, Disney Plus's expansion could give Glover's Lando a new life on streaming. Now, rumors are swirling that Glover may reprise his role for a Disney Plus series. Um, uh, Kessel Run Transmissions dropped the news that Glover was in negotiations with Lucasfilm. Nothing yet has been confirmed, but the reports fit in with other rumors earlier this year that Glover wanted to play Lando again. Fuck yeah. Absolutely can go for this. Lando was a human smuggler. Yeah, in his younger days, and that is so like poignant for today. They could write such a good story, and Donald Glover is the person to helm that story. It would be amazing. He would be funny and like exactly what the content needs. Why like, is smuggling pertinent today? It's like, like the borders. You gotta you gotta get people across the borders. Oh, or, you know I thought I mean? he. Oh, I thought he smuggled goods. Is that was I wrong? He was a. Oh wait, I thought he was a. It says human smuggler. Are they just giving him the class of human? They're just making sure (laughs) we know he's a human. I think yeah, I think that's what it's it's saying. Oh damn! Never mind that. (laughs) Ruined the entire (laughs) thing. I can't go for that. I sorry to to shit on your take. Could have let him have that. No, it's okay. They can make it into that instead. Yes. Let me ask you this. Regardless. Let me ask you this, Tyler. Now you said you said you could go for that. Now, how about this? Let me let me let me let me put it to you this way: Would you still go for that if having Donald Glover come and play Lando, you also had to in that package deal have Hayden Christensen play Anakin Skywalker? Ooh. Would you would you cut your nose off to spite your face? Absolutely, I would. I need more Donald Glover in things. So yes, I'm with I'm I'm with Tyler. I would I would cut off my nose to spite my face. I can go for that. Yes. I want uh, I want Donald Glover as Landau by hook or by crook. He's great in it. Him doing Billy D. Williams is delightful. I could watch it all day. Yeah. I'll sacrifice and, and deal with a little uh, Hayden Christensen for, for some Donald Glover. I agree. Yes! Ah, I, 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 I can go for that. I, yeah, yeah, three I, for three today. Can't really, can't really add much more to what has already been said. Uh, Donald Glover is is, is great. He... Uh, I wouldn't. I didn't even see this movie, but I, I just assumed that he could do it really well. Mm-hmm. So, Do it. Make it so. Sure. 100%. Um, and uh, last story before we wrap things up. So recently, um, Paul McCartney did uh, a rather illuminating and intimate interview where he talked about a lot of things, reflecting back on the life and career of himself and the Beatles. And um, number one, as a small aside, he... He had he he opened up about how uh, hurtful 
um, some of the some of the situations that were going on back, you know, in the 70s with him and and um, the breakup of the Beatles and the and, you know, sp uh, the falling out with John Lennon and, uh, you know, specifically talked about how hurt hurtful it was. Some of the things that Yoko Ono had said about how, like, John was was like the most talented one in the group and and um, how she said that, like, you know, she specifically I guess she specifically said that all that George ever did was book the studio time and he kind of talked about how hurtful that was um but uh the bigger the bigger story is he talked about whenever he sued the Beatles and how controversial that was but how he believes that it was the the right thing to do and um he believed that he saved the band's music so Paul McCartney said that the misconception that he broke the Beatles up persists today and that the only way he could save the group's music was to sue his former bandmates. Um, I thought uh, I thought to be I was thought to be the guy who broke the Beatles up and the bitch who sued his mates. And believe me, I bought into that, uh, McCartney said. It was so prevalent that for years I also blamed myself. The only way for me to save the Beatles and Apple um, and to release Get Back by Peter Jackson um, which allowed us to release Anthology and all these great remasters of all the great Beatles records was to sue the band. If I hadn't done that, it would all have belonged to Alan Klein. The only way I was given to get us uh, out of that was to do what I did. McCartney sued the Beatles in 1970 in London's High Court of Justice. He sought the dissolution of the band's contractual partnership after the other members of the group appointed Klein to preside over the Beatles' financial affairs. McCartney wanted Lee Eastman, the father of his late wife, Linda Eastman, to manage the band's finances instead, according to Rolling Stone, but he was outvoted. Apple Corps Limited um, is, uh, is a multimedia entertainment company founded by the Beatles in 1968. Uh, McCartney and Ringo Starr still own the company, along with the estates of Lennon and Harrison. The company is one of the producers behind The Beatles Get Back, a forthcoming documentary about the band directed by Jackson. The decision to sue his bandmates wasn't an easy one, and in fact, McCartney said he turned to alcohol to cope, yet he believed that it was the only thing to do. He added that suing Klein by himself wasn't an option, and that he was told that he would have to sue the band as Klein wasn't party to the dispute. There was no way I was going to save there was no way I was going to save it for me because there was no way I was going to work that hard all, for all my life and see it all vanish in a puff of smoke. I always knew that if I if I managed to save it, I would be saving it for them too because they were about to give it away. This guy they loved this guy Klein and I was saying he's an idiot. A London High Court judge ruled in favor of McCartney's actions to dissolve the Beatles partnership in 1971 and consigned the financial affairs of the former Beatles to receive uh, to a receiver until the band established mutually acceptable terms for their breakup. But the other Beatles relationship with Klein soured shortly thereafter. Klein later sued the Beatles himself in 1973 for $19 million after the band decided not to renew their contract with him um, and the two parties settled with Klein receiving approximately $5 million. Uh, McCartney said he was hurt by John Lennon's 1971 song, How Do You Sleep, which he interpreted as a jab towards him. He said he felt his contributions to the group were downplayed after the group disbanded. How Do You Sleep includes the lyrics, the only thing you've done was yesterday, and since you're gone, you're just another day. In reference to the Beatles' 1965 song, Yesterday, which was co-written by McCartney and Lennon, and Another Day. Uh, the first single of uh, McCartney's solo career, which was released in 1971. Um, so, you know... 
you either live, you either die the hero or you live long enough to become the villain or you either die the villain or you live long enough for people to finally come around to realize that you were the hero all along. Or you die a hero and then they replace you with a lookalike and he becomes the villain that gets the credit in the end. Yes. <laughs> or that. Or that third option. Um, so yeah, I mean, he, he, you know, famously, Paul McCartney sued the band, which was the sort of final uh, act that dissolved the partnership of the band and officially broke them up for good. Um, it was kind of looked back on as uh, you know, kind of this this petty move by some uh, a bitter person who kind of like turned a friendship into a business partnership that was, you know, ended on bad terms. But, you know, at least according to Paul McCartney, uh, he did it for this very specific reason, which was that ultimately he was playing the long game of I need to do this because I need to save our music from being controlled by this person who, you know, in the long run, if that had been allowed to happen, maybe, you know, they would not own their music now as they do. Well, isn't that convenient? I mean, I don't know. It's a very confusing thing. But also, isn't it at the core of it? The Apple Corps? A disagreement. The Apple Corps? Nice. Uh, the, at its core, it's, hey, I want my girlfriend's dad to run things. Yeah, I mean, that's that's the weird part of just like, I can totally see them being like, yeah, I don't know if we want your 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 girlfriend's dad to be our yeah, financial manager. That, 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 seems, seems, that weird. seems weird. Regardless of whether Klein was good or not, obviously they in the end they didn't like Klein, but still at the time where you're like, hey, I don't know if I want your girlfriend's dad running my money. And then he's like, well, fuck you, I'm suing you. Yeah. And now it's like, I did that for a big reason. I knew <laughs> all along this was gonna happen. Yeah, who knows? Who knows? The Beatles might still be together today if Eastman had handled their finances. Yep. Had, They'd all be had, alive. Had Eastman uh, handled their affairs and had the Beatles not broken up, we'd have three or four more years of shitty Beatles music. Just terrible, <laughs> terrible music. Yeah. God damn it. Hate both of Hate you. you, Kirk. Yeah. He did it. Uh. Yep. Yeah, if, if 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 Eastman had handled the finances, Mark David Chapman would have been like, you know what, I'm good. I'm gonna yeah, you know, no, yeah, because they would have released shitty music after after that, and like he would have been like, I was gonna kill that guy. Whoa, yeah, yeah, boy. <laughs> I dodged a bullet. Oh, I was about to say something bad. Never mind. Oh no, he dodged. I was about to. I was about to say he was dodged a bullet, but he didn't. And that was. I meant to say it the wrong way. So bad. <laughs> On that note, <laughs> we're going to wrap up the show. Thanks for listening. Sorry that we were gone for two weeks. Um, if you like this and you uh, haven't done so already, feel free to subscribe. I promise that we will continue making episodes for you. If you have a friend that you think might like the show, then feel free to share it with them. If you want to keep up to date with what we're doing on the podcast, as well as all the nostalgic content we share on a daily basis you can follow us on facebook the official nostalgia facebook page you can also join our facebook group the official nostalgia facebook group to search nostalgia on facebook and you will see us 
with the blue check mark next to our name, the official Nostalgia Facebook page, as well as the Facebook group. You can follow us on Instagram at Nostalgia. And if you have any questions, comments, concerns, anything you might want read on the show, you can email us nostalgicastpod at gmail.com. And stay safe, stay safe, stay safe, stay healthy. Thanks for listening.